0: Hello, welcome to the Brennan Audio Podcast. You are about to listen to the second episode in my Cerebral Palsy in Me series. If you've just come from episode one, welcome back. This was a series of audio documentaries I produced in late March, early April of 2022 as part of my dissertation project. The first episode and if you've not seen that well listen to that I recommend you do so for more context was about how my loved ones and my nearest and dearest thought that my disability had affected our relationships. Uh, This one is a bit closer to home because it's my perspective on my own disability and due to this it covers some very sensitive and very raw topics. So just to bit of a trigger warning really there is discussion of suicide, self-harm, disability, there's also explicit language and yeah just be prepared I don't want anyone triggered by any topics in this. With all that being said I hope you get something from this maybe even enjoy it. Mr. Mackenzie,
1: please.
0: Afternoon, Doctor. What brings you here today, sir? Well, basically, I'm just really itchy. I can't stop scratching. I've had eczema my entire life, but this is ridiculous. I can't stop scratching myself. Ah, indeed. Eczema at your age is very common. Would you mind taking your top off so I can have a look? Of course not, two sex. How long have you been self-harming for? What on earth are you on about? I don't, I don't, I don't do that. Yes, there's there's marks on my back, but I don't use knives, so no, not self-harm. That's not how that works, Mr Mackenzie. Just because no blades are involved doesn't mean the damage you're doing to yourself is not self-harm. I shall prescribe fexofenadine and various creams to combat the possibility of skin infections. This will also help the skin repair. That will be with your local pharmacy by the end of the day. I shall see you in eight weeks or so. Please look after yourself. And just like that, I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. Hello, my name is Alex Mackenzie. This is Alex Mackenzie cerebral palsy and me, and that little soundscape was one of the most memorable days of my life because following that experience, as I say, there was multiple trips to the doctor, a few trips to different therapists, but you can't cure depression and anxiety when what's causing it isn't curable. Today, I'm going to take you through my mindset, how it's changed, and my headspace in this very scary time. Strap in, folks. This is going to be interesting.
1: When you first arrived, you looked bruised and a little bit battered, um, very tiny.
0: more senior midwives said to me it might have been better if he'd have passed away and I said why and she said because he will be a cabbage he will not speak he will not walk or talk and you will be constantly his carer.
1: And as well you know we didn't know the full extent of how the cerebral palsy had affected you if that makes sense. You had an amazing consultant called Dr Alan Elias Jones uh, who actually was the man that sat us down and said you know Mr and Mrs Mackenzie I need to tell you that what we're dealing here is with here is cerebral palsy. There's been a lot of I suppose planning and a lot of hard work that goes on in the background to try and give you as normal a life as anybody could expect to have, I would guess, really. First and foremost, you were a person. Yes, you've got a disability and some challenges.
0: Those were excerpts from my first sort of view of this series, if you like. I did a audio documentary called Alex Mackenzie, Cerebral Palsy and Me, Conversations I Should Have Had a Long Time Ago. If you've not listened to that, I would. It's about everyone else's perspective on my disability. And the reason I wanted to play you those clips were I wanted to discuss what my dad said. Um, he said, oh, um, we wanted to give you as normal a life as possible. And... For the first years of my life, I think both my mum and my dad succeeded in that goal spectacularly. Um, But it gets a bit different when all of a sudden your friends are dating, they're going to skate parks. You know, you don't get invited to parties because the club that they're in doesn't have wheelchair access. And that really started to grate on me as I grew up. Although I had an amazing childhood. I didn't want for anything, there were Macs everywhere, my dad taught me Photoshop before I could even balance, you know, I never went hungry. The very definition of privilege within British society today, I'm straight, I'm white, I'm middle class, but yet I felt robbed, robbed of my ability to relate to my peers, because I wasn't disabled enough for a lot of the disabled community. And I certainly wasn't very good at pretending to be able bodied This is really why I wanted to kill myself. This is really where the suicidal tendencies came from. Not a willingness or wanting to die, but a wanting for control. To finally be able to control my way out, the way people saw me. To get some autonomy back in my life, when everyone else, had to look after me at that point and I wasn't in control of even basic things like my own personal hygiene and care. I didn't want to die because I was disabled. I wanted to die because of what I perceived were society's preconceived notions about disabled individuals and disability as a whole. So, big whoop, disabled bloke wants to die and what? The reason I bring this up is because a lot of disabled people aren't depressed because they're disabled. They're depressed because you look past them. You look to their carers. You talk to them like they're five years old. Not you specifically, Stephen, if there is a Stephen listening to this, but British society as a whole. Governments have been cutting funding for disabled services for years and I've had so many experiences trying to get jobs that if you excuse the ironic wording have been crippled by my disability. What I'm saying is next time you encounter a disabled person remember we are human, we are complex, we have needs, we have desires, we have wants, we have dreams. What were my dreams? Well, be creative and have a family. I'm glad to say that I'm just about to graduate and become a radio producer, and I met the love of my life. Have I got the control I desperately want? Probably not, but I'm working towards it. I'm working towards a family. I'm working towards a career. I'm working towards being more than my disability. And that's amazing. If I could show... Alex then, Alex now, I think he'd be surprised that I wasn't hanging from the end of a rather high structure. I asked for help from the people around me. I created, I engaged with not only the disabled community, but my wider community around me, especially when I started to write poetry. I would like to read you one of these poems of when I was really in the midst Of depression's grasp. And I will leave you with this. Know that, as I say, you can really make a difference, whether it's just saying hello to anyone, regardless of disability. Sometimes genuine human decency means the world to people. Remember, people are complex, people struggle, and we all want to be loved, and we all deserve that right. Thank you for listening. I've been Alex McKenzie, and I'll leave you with this. This is Death Penalty, and it was written in late 2017. I feel useless. I'm tired. I ache. I fucking hurt. Marks on my neck, blisters on my feet. I'm making myself feel ill. I tried to sit on a bench this afternoon so I could enjoy the simple pleasure of drawing in the sun. Even this pleasure was too much for my body. I lost my balance and I fell. The spastic couldn't even sit on a bench. How is he supposed to thrive? Oh, broken body. Oh, how I wish I could fix you. I'm living disabled for a life sentence. No hope of freedom or parole. Which crime did I commit to deserve this? My body is a prison sometimes i wish they'd bring back the death penalty
1: by and large i think you've you've managed to do really well I, what i don't want you to do is to sort of hide behind disability as a kind of a shield against the outer world i think you should use it as a bit of a battering ram to
0: i don't use pull. my disability i use sarcasm it, well yeah it? yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, but you know what I mean? I, it should be more of a battering ram to break down a few doors rather than something to hide behind. And I think by and large you do do that anyway. <laughs> but if this encourages you to do that, then great. Good on it, you know. Ultimately, I have a great sense of pride in you and what you've achieved. And I know you'll do great things moving forward.
0: That's quite motivational, isn't it? What do you reckon? That's quite (laughs) motivational. Cool. Thanks, boy. I've enjoyed today. I love you. I love you. Always.
1: This has been a Brennan Audio Production.